humans anonymous? No. I haven't. Here we go. Well, welcome. Welcome to the cult. Secret handshake on the after about three months, and then uh, you left on your own. This is about a free range cult. Free range. You come, hear the message, and then roam. <laughs> well, the whole thing is, is obviously people's experience here is dominated usually by an irritable restlessness and discontent and unease, which they're motivated to seek relief from. But the dilemma with that is it would sound nice if you just had an unease and then you could seek relief from it and that would be the answer to the unease. But if the unease is being manufactured by a mind identified as a body, let's say, if that's the idea of what a self is, is a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, if that's actually the root of the disease or the discomfort, then any seeking to get out of it in that identification would be what? Another form of being in it. You can't, self can't escape from self. That's one of the biggest dilemmas here. Everyone is, a lot of people are very clear about what's bothering them or that they're being bothered. They see that their insatiable consumerism or something like that is indicating a certain lack or somewhere. Yeah, it's pointing to something, and they get, and so they feel, or they feel an irritable restlessness, or a discontentment, or whatever, or uncomfortable in their own skin. Yes, unease with people. All these things are effects, and people, a lot of people, are very clear on the effects. But, and so then, they, let's say, decide to study or offer solutions to those effects. Yes. And so when you apply those solutions to those effects, you may get a little relief, but they don't seem to ever last. It never turns into a radical relief, yes? It's just, in a way, almost like a form of slavery. You apply a solution to the effect, you may get a little relief, but then you have to keep applying it, and then the application of it sometimes creates an effect of the solution, yeah? So now you have a problem spawned from your solution, yes? And then it seems to never end. It goes on and on and on and on. So the problems seem to have a long shelf life, but the solutions don't, in a way. Yeah? yeah. So it's a real bad deal, in a sense. And the, what I found by seeing that is that the, it's the act of being identified as a self, which is a mental verb, yeah, a mental process is producing that. Yes. It's a product. It's not a cause. It's a product of an activity of a mental process. You weren't even in the effects of that product when you were born for a year or two. There was no sense of other yet. And there was this and that. So even in this supposed story of your life, there's huge gaps when that problem wasn't even there. Yeah? You had no idea that I'm Jack or Paul or whatever like that. And there was no narration about what you were doing. It was just doing. Yeah? You weren't, while you were playing when you were really young, you weren't saying, will I be playing next week? Or I should be playing with someone else. Look at this, this is lower companion who I'm playing with now. None of that was going on. There was just playing happening. So even in this definitive foundation of the story, you, as this, there has, there's been so many gaps of being you in this life that you call yours. Yeah? Tons of times 
this, this seems to be an absence of you. But the continuum, the story of being Susan, just overrides any, any experiences or any demonstrations of its absence by claiming everything. That's what it does. So if you have a spiritual experience, what you call one, an epiphany or something, you know, moment of clarity, whatever you want to call them, what occurs is, after, after the moment of clarity, after the epiphany, the conditional mind rises up and says, I had the, the epiphany. I, as Paul, the I that represents a lot of old ideas and conditioning, claims, yes, its own absence, and makes up a story to reflect its own importance once again by actually its own absence. Where in that moment, there was no reflection of you. Yeah? There, was a, there, was a, there was an emptiness of reflection. And that to me is what you and I really are. We are the absence of me. Yeah? Yet, this system of thought and interpretation is an incredibly tenacious system. It can have a long, long event in time of its own absence, and it will still rise up and claim it. It will rise up and claim it. Yeah. It will say, oh, this happened to me. Because the whole point is, the mental process of selfing comes after the initial contact of consciousness. There's consciousness being in contact with things. Yes. So no-thingness is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching things. And thoughts are being seen, and thoughts are things. They're subtler things, yes, but they're still things, yes? So consciousness, no-thingness, is seeing things through this little interface, a body. While it's moving through constantly, as long as you're alive, consciousness is in contact, yes? As long as it's moving through, the mental process claims it and says, I'm the one who sees. And the I isn't capturing the no-thingness, it's captured by a concept of being a body. Yes? So now I am seeing. Yet, in fact, seeing is seeing the production of the I. Yeah. See, the seeing is seeing the body. In other words, what you call yourself to be the subject is being subjectified by something else. Yes? It's not something. Yeah? But there's a sense there is something else than this. Something is looking at you in a way. Yeah? You get an intimation of it all the time. The mind bastardizes it by thinking about you. Yeah? But in fact, there's something that's not thinking about you. It's seeing. And it's not a something. Yeah? And that's it. Yeah? But when this, when the mental process being rooted in the identification as a body, because this is the only way it can place you somewhere else and at some other time, so that it can do what? Think. Yeah? You c it cannot place a spirit somewhere else at some other time. It cannot place a body somewhere else in s at some other time, in what you call the past, and especially now, in worrying and being anxious about a future of you, down the road, somewhere else, at some other time. So here, this whole point of being here as a body is just to make all of this there relevant. Yeah? That's the whole point of it. 
The mind says, because obviously, if you've ever recognized, your mind doesn't really give a shit about your body much. When push comes to shove, let's say if you're in the work, water surfing, and uh, it's getting to be a near-death experience, you're more apt to want to save the board than you. Yeah, because the board costs money. And I don't know if I'll get another board. So you'll fucking hold on to a, a piece of styrofoam that's 150 bucks, and be willing to give up your quote-unquote life. Yeah. Or you'll do some acid, and you'll be tripping, and then the head will tell you, what, let's take seven downs, which could be a disastrous movement for the body. But it doesn't have no sense of self-preservation. It's preserving selfing, but not the body. It's just identified as the body. Yeah. It uses the identification as a body to live. And it's living, it's thinking. Yeah? It just goes off selfing about you somewhere else at some other time. So you can sit here and the, the, the acknowledgement of here is constantly being denied to the point where we don't even know it anymore. We really, the mind takes this moment here to be entertaining what could be happening then, and what happened there. That's <laughs> all it's doing. And it's applying all of this mass mental masturbation to the relevance of now. So the now that we're looking for isn't even a now. It's just a conceptual idea bookended by past and future. And look at, look at the system. What does it emphasize? What does it value? Does it value now, or does it value past or future more? It's obvious, if you just look at it for five minutes, what is it thinking about right now? No. It's thinking usually about you somewhere else at some other time. Yeah. See the system. See it. I mean, you're conscious. Consciousness is prior to the system. So you can see the system, and it will reveal its own secrets if you just look at it. Yeah. It doesn't take much. Where, are my thoughts, where do my thoughts gravitate to? This little fixed reference, somewhere else at some other time. Yes? Or another fixed reference, like some lover that you thought now is they were the savior that you missed, yet when you were with them you could have cared less. But now it's a mythical, oh, that was my knight in shining armor, or that was my fairy princess, but you aren't treating them as a fairy princess whatsoever. So it makes up either about you or about another you. Yeah? And what does it do? It goes off. Doesn't it? And it represents life, <laughs> how it construes it, and it constantly, constantly representing life, as if you can travel somewhere else at some other time and change what you now have a story about that happened to you somewhere else at some other time. Or, I'm going to really worry about me somewhere else at some other time, and I'm just going to try to control and manipulate and make sure what I'm worried about won't happen, which actually produces the effect that you're afraid of. You feel shitty now, yeah, in the expectation it's going to be really shitty later. <laughs> it's a failed system. Yeah. It's an activity of mind. The feeling of being you is contrived. There's a feeling of being, but the feeling of being you is its contrivance. Yeah? There is definitely a feeling of being. There's onness, and there's awareness, so you're sensing it. But the mind claims that and says it's you, yeah? you as a body. 
So let's say if you sense a presence or you feel it, it's actually cataloged as a body sensation. When it isn't a body sensation. What could you possibly ha- what could possibly happen if that first, let's say, offness, because here in time and space, yes? Time and space things can progress. So a little offness over a long period of time and covering a lot of space can really become a huge offness, yeah? It almost like geometrically progresses because that's what time and space allows, yes? It allows things to appear, yes? And to have duration. So here you go, there's the mistaken identity. It becomes true to you. That allows it to keep appearing as you and it gives it duration, yeah? And it's the bondage of self. Now you're bonded, all your interest and attention, instead of being distributed in a different manner, is constantly, it's like a dog beholden to its owner, following it, constantly following all the thoughts about you, back then and back and up there. Yeah? It can't do anything else because it's identified as you. So it's like, it's like the slavery of your interest and attention to this idea of being you that's driving you mostly crazy, that you you think you are, that you can't call the dogs off. They don't listen, do they? Because they have a job. What would what what is the the bonding agent to let's say no thing to think? What is the bonding agent? It's your interest and attention. Yeah? What captures and, and, and applies the interest and attention is you're identified as what your mind's thinking about. <laughs> yes? Interest and attention. You go home, the last thing you want to think about is 8.30 in the morning of that day, yet your mind represents it like 50 different ways, but all in the definition of self centeredness It can't escape the system. That is a product of. So the only way you can look at something is how it pertains to you. It's very difficult. Maybe you look at it how it pertains to someone else, but it bounces back to you again. You can't do it any other way. The system is defined. It's structured. It's center is self. So everything is looked at as how it pertains to you. Yeah? And you're thinking, no matter how much you think about you, or no matter how much the head seems to be not thinking about you, the you that it thinks about and presents in thought is a body. When you think about you in the past, how could you ever conjure yourself up if there wasn't a body to anchor your interest and attention on? There's no fucking way. You'd be free from the past like that, because there would be no... Anchor, so your interest and attention constantly sent back there through the thought system could not anchor itself because there'd be no rock. Like a barnacle cannot, the barnacle has to have a rock to adhere to. It has to have a surface to adhere to. The barnacles that seem to be driving you crazy, all these thoughts, but without the, the surface, without the rock, they don't have anything to adhere to. The rock... The rock of the mind's preoccupation with a self is the body. It places you somewhere else at some other time and then thinks about how important that moment was to the way you seem to be now. 
and usually somehow it finds incredible fault in you or another, and if they or you wouldn't have done what they or you did, everything would be great now. What is that but a producer of exquisite suffering? Can you imagine being here, sitting here, thinking everything could be much greater than now? Fuck. It's like saying no to the only thing that's appearing. I mean, that's like really being behind the eight ball. Where are you going to go from there? Well, I'm going to say yes to a better future. That's still saying no to now. I'm saying yes to what was once great. That's still saying no to now. I'm going to, I will be okay. No, you're inherently okay. No, fuck that, I'm not. I will be okay later. What is that but advocating or pledging allegiance to a failed system? Your okayness is based in time when you're listening to your head, isn't it? There's no you, but let's, this is the language. The language is objective language used by objects. Why? Because that creates that... That is another way the trance is kept applied, yes? The bonding agent is the narrative, the thoughts that are heard in one's head. It's like a a radio station playing everything all about you all day. You is what you're not. How are you going to not swoon over that? If you're just truly your interest and attention, if all your interest and attention is the idea of being you as a body, how are you as a body ever going to get out of that? It's impossible. This is about looking at the system. It's like what you took to be you, you're looking at it like a a helmet, yes? And you're going to just, Jesus. And you don't have to do anything other than look at it and see if it resonates for you. Hey, this is a helmet. Because as soon as it's seen as it's a helmet, the next thing your mind will entertain, I can take it off. Not a doing, but that it's, because it's so beautiful, because it's, there is no helmet. Yeah? So even the idea of taking it off would re-engage with the system of doing and having. But it's not even that. You don't take it off. You just realize there is a helmet, there is no helmet, and then if the helmet appears again, it ain't you. Who cares if a mental helmet appears? But if all your interest and attention's up there, you're going to care. Because you're going to feel like a you. Yes? I found, to me, it's just a recognition of what you're not. Yes? Because if you think you're ever going to see what you are, you're the subject to what you are as an object. That's not it. There is no object of what you are. There is no authentic self that you haven't discovered yet. There isn't. There is no subject here. There's subjectivity, but there is no pseudo-subject. That, to me, is the way in, or the way out, because you realize you've never been in. It's the only way to get out of something, is to realize you aren't in it. If you try to get out of anything here, you try to get out of it, it just reinforces the idea that you are in it. Yeah? It traps you. Every time you have a movement, and the movement is defined by the system that it's moving in, it will not ever lead you out of the system. It won't. Every exit is an entrance. Every, mo- every attempt to get out of self while you're identified as self is totally pointless. The 
It's not pointless as if you look at a fire in a pail of water. It may bring you a little relief from the fires, but it, it's, it actually reinforces that this is a fire-filled state. Yes? Constantly shit's going to happen to me. How can you enjoy peace of mind if there's the fear that it ain't going to be so? This is about not... See, there's tons of solutions here, and they're applicable here, and they bring relief here. And it's nice if you seem to be here to learn some that work for you, yes? But to me, the real solution is not from here. It's sort of like all our ways of seeking solution here is like a horizontal way of looking, yes? I'm going to get a new idea. I'm going to do something with it. It's going to produce a, a having, which I hope the having will be freedom for me. Yeah. That's horizontal looking. Even if the... Even if the Topic is from another place, from another form, another realm. When it's applied here, vertical seeing looking will be turned into horizontal looking. You'll hear the message, all you are is that, and then you'll try to do something about it. Yeah? Because this is just questioning the system the mind seems to be operating under. Yes? And if I'm not that, I found that the whole key to it having interest and attention in itself, yes, is the idea that it's you. If it's not you, your interest and attention will be withdrawn, and that's what enlivens what you call life, is your interest and attention, obviously. Would a beautiful thing be a beautiful thing if you didn't see it? And you see what happens. Here's a day, a beautiful day, let's say, being presented. But if your interest and attention is wedded to the system of thought, it gets overridden by one thought. You can have a really, you know, maybe your story is I'm never feeling that well. Maybe you're feeling fucking physically well. You just, you just pace through your bank account. You have like three or four zeros behind you. You've got a car that runs. You've got a babe waiting for you after brunch with a latte and biscottis. You've got everything, everything. Then you have one thought and it fucking... You have to see what gives one thought more power than anything else that's appearing. Your allegiance to it, not yours, the mind's allegiance to it, is the only thing that makes it have so much juice. It's your juice. How could one thought ruin your day and someone with the same other thought wouldn't even notice it? Why? It's not the thought, obviously. It's the relationship mind is in with the thought. That thought's about me, and I am so freaking important, all I do is think about me. Or, I'm the thinker of the thought. Yes? You have to look at the dynamic of the mind's relation to the appearance here. And then maybe you'll see something. Jesus Christ. It's contrived. And maybe it will lead you to the point where your interest and attention, almost like a force of nature, just like water only goes downhill. Yes? No matter how much you want to go this way, it's just going to take the course of least resistance. Interest and attention tends to be concerned about whatever you believe is you. Yeah? You can have someone explaining their terrible dilemma, and you have sort of like a weird disassociated immunity to it. But the same, like the newspaper boy missing your porch this morning can be more damaging to you than the person who you're with who has cancer. <laughs> There's no relative degrees, yes? The obsession with self knows no bounds. 
It will take the smallest molehill and make it a mountain. And it will take the biggest mountain in someone else's story and make it a molehill. You have 300,000 people can get killed, you know, in some other country. Does it even affect your supposed system? Yet, you have a, you know, a nail that the pedicurist didn't cut sufficiently, and you're just sitting there looking at it, measuring it. It's one millimeter too long. I shouldn't have given her a tip. Going off and off and off, and then calling people to get, you know, fucking verification for your righteous idea. <laughs> this mind that can entertain peace and joy and incredible clarity is now entertaining the length of your hem, of your pants, you know. Is it touching the back of my shoe? It's incredible, isn't it? It's like sending... <laughs> it's like sending the sun to do a job of a flashlight. You know what I mean? Jesus. The attention that's needed is very, very not much. The body really is mostly involuntary. Yeah? <laughs> it doesn't need all this mental attention. Really, actually, all the mental attention makes it run a lot worse. Yeah? The more... <laughs> this poor thing, this appearance, never signed up to be the center of the universe. It's just one car in a, in a field of millions of cars. Yeah? It's not the car. You know what I mean? It's not the one. All roads don't lead to it. Yes? And yet, the mental... System put, oh, I missed. <laughs> what? Fuck. How do I show that I missed? Thinking about it. Okay, let's just think about it. I'm nauseam day after day after day. Let me see if I can think myself out of this system. <laughs> I'm going home and thinking about it. Oh, please don't. That's the worst thing that could possibly happen. It's like putting rabbits together in a, in a luscious bedroom. They're just going to spawn. You know, mind's going to think about a problem, just one, twelve more problems. <laughs> There's no relief. You believe when it's not that crazy, it's relief. It's all degrees. The constant state is an irritable restlessness and discontent. There wouldn't be so much seeking if it wasn't. Yes? The system is constantly on the prowl, looking. You have a girlfriend that you've been hoping to have for three years. As soon as you have a girlfriend, it's like you don't have a girl. You're looking for another, a better one. Yeah, I got there and that, but let's keep on looking. Yeah. You don't think that's just a random uh, activity? The system is screwed. It's, it hears the alarms, but what responds to the alarms is the cause of the fire. The obsession. So even making you better becomes a form of mental obsession. Yeah. People will enter recovery and they'll do inventory after inventory, going over the minutiae of every moment. What was my intention here? Give me a fucking break. You're not that important. Yeah. <laughs> to look at every moment what your intention is. This place is dirty. You get dirty here. Oh, I should be different than everyone else. Why? There's a freedom that's offered. Seriously. This is how it worked for me. And somebody introduced me to this information. I entertained it. And then downloads started to occur to verify the, what I was entertaining as being true. To who? Not the truth. I don't care less. But to me. Yeah. Like an unspoken yes. 
How, how much have we learned to disavow that? When we say something, how much time does it get overridden by thoughts? Thousands of times, isn't it? You have a feeling and you just disregard it and then the shit hits the fan and then it comes back and blames you for disregarding the thing. It's insane. I mean, it's, you know, to tolerate something that's real maybe would be the best move. Yeah? So if something is real here, then, and you can't change it, and you can't win it over, then maybe you would have to tolerate it. You'd have to learn, all right, instead of having 12 moves on the game board, I'm just get used to having one move on the game board. But what we're saying here, that isn't so. Your constraints, your bondage, is truly, in a sense, imaginary. Yeah? Oh, and because, and the imaginariness of it is rooted in the image, the first part of imaginary, the image of you as a body. That image of you sets off all the imagining about that image. Yeah? And it's that, it's like, a, you see the helicopters when the blades are going so fast? It seems like it's not moving. It's one solid thing, right? It's like an optical illusion. That's what the mind's doing. It's selfing, and it, and it appears to the unconditional mind that it reflects us an object, a solidity. Oh, this is what I am, Paul. But it's produced by a mental process. Yeah? It produces like an optical illusion. And then the system kicks in, the selfing, and it just reinforces it all day, Keep bonding, 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 more and more thoughts, more and more thoughts. Every time, you never look at the system as the dilemma. You just keep thinking about things. Because it's not you thinking, first of all. It's a system that's thinking. That's what it does. The most beautiful thoughts, if viewed as I'm the thinker of them, is just the same bonding mechanism as an ugly thought that you deny, you want, oh, that's a bad thought, I wish I hadn't had it. Well, you actually never had it. See, the real dilemma is the being the thinker. The real dilemma is thinking you're the seer, and the hearer, and the feeler, and the taster, and the toucher. It's not so. What appears is never going to get behind the context. What's content is never going to be behind the context. Yes? Seeing, and then the one, and the thought system that says, I'm the seer is a body. The thought system of I'm the seer is a body is in front of the seeing, and will never get to be the noun to the seeing. Yes? This whole illusion that you're the noun in this life, and that you're doing and having things, and you're verbing, and even taking consciousness as a verb that you're doing, I'm the one who's seeing, I'm the one who's feeling, is really an incredible power play by a very small mental system. <laughs> oh, I'm the one who's seeing, I'm the one who's feeling. Then you can have opinions about what you saw, and what you shouldn't have seen, and on and on, it just selfs like crazy. Yeah. Not enough. There's a solution. There really is. Maybe it's not you. Maybe you're not what's doing that, nor are you what is being done to. What would, what would, the, what would occur there? It's not going to take you out of that system and place you in another system. It just tells you you've never been in the system. So there's no retrieval process. 
oh, we've got to go into this system of selfing. It's driving this person crazy. Let's go in and, you know, bring a sort of mystical or metaphysical helicopter. Drop the line. Oh, wait, we're pulling them out of this system. We're saving them. Now put them in the system of all there is is one. Or love eternal. No, there isn't any of that. You see that you're not in the system. That's it. There's nothing else to do. What, how your life's going to look will be what it's going to look like. I don't know what you're going to do, but there's no need to leave one system to go into another system. It's just telling the truth. You're not the one system. You're not a self. That's all. You don't have to proclaim it. This is something you entertain. Once you realize you're not a, the product of that system, you don't have to try to become in another system. If you love to meditate, meditate. If you want to go on pilgrimages, go on pilgrimages. But the pilgrimages won't be set up in your little head as where you're going to get it. Yeah? You'll see it as forms of expression, because everything is. I go to more recovery meetings now than I ever did. I just sit there, it's great. I listen to people's minds speak, and I, you know, it's just like, woo! It's just examples of that structure of the imprison, imprisoning aspect of being up the ass of self. Yeah? Even when they're talking about feeling great relief, it's always booked in, but I'm still crazy. There's no escape for that system. No, no matter what, they're still always going to be fined as the problem. But the presence is awesome. The space of mind, unbonded, always present, never lacking, never needing more. It's just, it's just, a, it's a. There's a flavor. The solution is from somewhere else, but the solution from somewhere else can have an effect here in the appearances. Yeah. But the appearances cannot affect that solution. They're like oil and water. They don't come close. I really sense when, when there's a complete discharging of being here, like if you die or something. I've had some events when I died. In there, this never happens. <laughs> this place never fucking happens. It's never happened. Yeah. It's not like it's not like a memory of this place leaves this place and goes to the no place. There's no memory of this place. And all we're doing the best here is, all we can do, like Jesus says, is you can know the tree by the fruit. You're in a place of manifestation. You're never going to know the tree, but you can know it by the fruit. Yeah? You can say, hey, I'm traveling lighter for a long period of time here. Yes, I seem to have immunity to the thought system. You know what I mean? I'm able to get off of stuff very fast. What the hell happened there? I don't have to process shit out over and over again. <laughs> things like that. I see, well, those are fruits yeah, from a tree, not from here. You can see trees here. You can't see that tree. That's why he says you can't know the tree, but you know the tree by the fruit. Yeah. You can't know of that place appearing here. Yeah. What appears here can't know it. You are of that place. If not, if you weren't, there'd be no way you could have any intimation of any other place than here. <laughs> no way. You could make up here's that were magical here's, you know, like people do with heaven. They think it's going to be like a giant 
84 whole golf course or something. And they'll always have gas in their little golf cart and they'll have the perfect swing and their wife will greet them with lemonade after 24 rounds or something. We're always making up <laughs> realms of fairness which are just here in the same mind, just entertaining in the box of self-centeredness. Yeah, you can't escape. If the frame doesn't change, it doesn't matter how many pictures show up in it, the frame is the dominant influence. Yeah? <laughs> so you can, oh, but it looks different now. I moved to Thailand, yes, but the same frame of self-centeredness is there. <laughs> oh, I went to, <laughs> yeah, that's about the same thing. I was a corporate manager, now I'm at a ashram, same frame. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I mean, that's what happens here. The frame, the pictures are defined by the frame. Self-sentence is defining everything here. <laughs> you want to go through 800 pictures with a sense of irritability, restlessness, and discontent? It's fine. You'll get different degrees. Sometimes you'll feel a whole lot better. But always have to go back to feeling worse. <laughs> Nothing is radically changed. Yeah. <laughs> you know the tree by the fruit both ways. Like you said, a good tree can't bring forth bad fruit. A bad tree can't bring forth good fruit. Maybe the real solution is if they're seeking to get disengaged. And how can you ever do that as a seeker? Even the disengagement of seeking as a seeker would be seeking. There's no way out of the system as the system's product. That's the whole beautiful message. You're not that. It's like, what would you do to, it, to get out of an imaginary problem? Nothing. Really. Just see that it's imaginary. Yeah. It's so beautiful to me. This works so clearly. Because it doesn't have this think of time in it. And have this think of another process with the hope that somehow this process is going to finally put me over the top. Man, I wasn't a really great devotee except for drugs. I, was, I would match my devotion to cocaine with any devotion in the history of spirituality, Hanuman or Rama or whoever was devoted to Krishna or John, the young St. John of Jesus, I'd beat them all. At least I'd be on par with them. Totally gave everything over to COVID. Thought about it constantly. Loved it. Measurably. Would do anything to be near it and put it into me. Yeah? And I'll tell you, and I was dedicated to that path. It wasn't like a one summer fling. I lived like that since I was young. And you know what? If anyone ran any if there was a real ability to transcend this place, I would have transcended it with drugs. But there isn't. How can you transcend something that isn't real? Especially by something that's not real. <laughs> it's very difficult. First of all, if you're not what wants to leave the place, it's very difficult to leave the place. <laughs> and what you're not that wants to leave the place, yeah? <laughs> It's so beautiful because when you get the flavor of it, you have had it. It's not of time. You can sense it. It's something that your mind would think would take months of practice and suddenly your mind just shifts like that. It had nothing to do with you whatsoever. It had nothing to do with what you were doing an hour before. It has nothing to do with what you'll be doing three hours later. And that's the only solution worth its salt from somewhere else. Yeah. 
unfortunately, we take this solution, this message, and we put it, present it back into time. I'm going to do something. Do something. Even, in a sense, I even believe in it because of repetition. Yeah. I believe, hey, come to the meetings, let it get in there, and then entertain it, and let's see what happens. So, in a sense, here, repetition works because we're seemingly in time. So, it's sort of like if I woke went up to your room and woke you up, yeah, and then you get right up, and then I leave the room, and then you're back to sleep again, yeah? Other people, they hear it once, and they wake up. Other people, you have to keep going back to the room, yeah? But who cares? Because when there's a real sense of it, it has no time involved in it. You haven't been missing anything, yeah? You haven't been thwarted by events of your life keeping you from this goal. The goal itself is timeless, yeah? It doesn't, you don't have a feeling of time when it's being entertained. It's not like, oh, I haven't, I've never entertained this before. It has nothing like that. It doesn't translate. It's just good. It's immediacy. It's like something dropped in from somewhere. Like a parachute. Just parachutes and you're right there. Yeah. Like that. It's all constantly. Yeah. And then the mind, asleep in this time and space little modality. It's asleep and security in this timeless place is alertness and awareness and presence. Where its its, it's desire here is to basically go to sleep. What most people call peace is sort of like after they had a few beers and watched a movie and then fall asleep on the couch. Or not having people yell at them. This is all about time. But in the timeless state, the mind's idea of security is Uncertainty. I don't know is the highest form of mind in Zen's point of view. Yeah? The I don't know, because then life is a finding out. Yeah? In other words, you're open to the engagement of moment-to-moment living here. Yeah? You don't have, I know what's going to be like today. Yeah? Which totally, here's your incredible panavision and suddenly self-centered vision. You don't even see anymore. Form of looking. Oh, I know what it's going to be like. I know what he's like. I know what she's like. No one can fool me anymore. I'm on to them. <laughs> it's all this. It's all this fake security of knowing. Yeah. But the expense of that is this vision. No, no, no. This is too uncertain. I want to have everything figured out. That's what feels secure in my mind. Yeah. Ah. This claustrophobia feels like it's security. Yeah? I'm scared of abandoning. Like it says in recovery, we must abandon ourselves to this idea. That means to just let go without consideration. Mind is not like that. Not conditional mind. It has tons of considerations why it should never abandon. And if you're beholden to that, abandon, how can you know if something can catch you unless you fall? It's just all. Yeah. Isn't it? It's all yapping. And you can't disguise for long the lack of the solution. You can't. You can't. It's going to come out because you're deeply dissatisfied. The truth is in how you travel. You'll see it. It will inform you that you are onto something. This, this thing will open up. You'll see. Instead of having another form of blindness called looking, 
people actually see, just like the seeing was occurring a second ago, seemingly 40 years ago, 55 years ago, 57 years ago, negative five years before the morning was happening, before the death, after the death. There's none of the, the seeing isn't, isn't encapsulated in the modality that's captured our attention and interest. <laughs> I mean, there's just seeing. It's always engaged at all times. The imitation is constantly in offer right now, right where you think you are. It's in, you, to me, that's love, in a way. You want to call it love. Yeah? Always extending, like the Course in Miracles would say, always present. No. It's always all extending. Always. So, it's in our absence, really, though. Even a little bit or a lot is the sense of the presence. You can't have it any other way. You can't be present as this and to, and to sense the presence of, quote unquote, that. Yeah? It just doesn't work out. It will be infrequent. It will be turned into an experience. It will be turned into something that you once had and now you don't have. Yeah? But if you're entertaining, not that, that the mind is identified with, if I'm not that, that's as far as you need to go. When that bondage is broken, then it's inherently your absence that you've been in the whole time. That's the presence. This has a mental presence. Yeah? The mind is thinking about this. It's an object of thought. Yeah? The mind is consumed with thinking about this. So it produces a mental presence. Yeah? But it isn't presence. It's a mental presence. It's an activity. That's being done. You think it's you, so you think you're solid, but you're not. You're an activity. You're being remembered by the system all day. It's what it does. It conjures you up. <laughs> but when that see not to be me, there's a sense of presence in your inherent actions. tell you, it's the salve everyone's, I would say, is looking for, really. It's the one ointment that works. You actually start having immunity to the thought system. You know, your thought system is not going to override a nice day. <laughs> if it's a beautiful day and the surf's up, there's going to be an ability to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> the thought system ain't gonna, you know, oh, I can't handle this anymore. No, you just hold the space and stay there. Yeah, or whatever. You're not moved. You're not, the moving of the, of the action figure, you know, the game board piece, isn't driven by mentalness. Yeah. It's moved by another force, much more powerful, but quite silent in a way. It doesn't make a big... It does, it's not filled with advertising. It just delivers the goods. You sense it. You sense a presence that frees you from that vacuum of being inherently absent of thinking so much about it. Yeah. Of course, what happens if you disengage from the system? The thinking will probably diminish a lot because you've woken up. You're not relying on something that's unreliable anymore. This doesn't mean you're left in no man's land. That's the story of the failed system. You don't know. There's something that navigates beautifully. It's directing you and stuff. <laughs>
we had taste of it when we were young, intuition, you know, all that stuff. We used to know what to do when things used to baffle us, because nothing had baffled us yet. <laughs> yeah, like you, you, nothing's baffled him, so he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't need to <laughs> know a new idea of what used to baffle him, because he's not in the state of believing something used to baffle me. <laughs> it's such a nice place. We're in this whole, so many fucking heavy ideas about us. <laughs> I used to really be fucked up. You don't know the mind has a huge investment in this story that you used to be fucked up. It's unbelievably huge. You know what I mean? You may be thinking you'd let go of something and your whole life was, oh, if I had the opportunity, I'd let go of it. And then one day it may be revealed to you your mind had no intention of ever letting go of it. It was the whole base of its whole storyline. <laughs> You'll see that while you have your little porn-like agenda, What's really running the show has a totally different take on you. It's totally using you for transportation. It wants to engage to create some conflict or energy, some drama. Yeah? So it can eat that stuff that gets produced. It's just, the energy is just feasting you. Yeah? Yeah, this. But yes, you know, all I have, I have the best of intentions. Yes, yeah, it's all made up. Have you ever had that feeling? You show up constantly, but you believe you're not a shower-upper. Your belief that you're not a shower-upper just totally denies all the actualness of appearing in that you showed up. Yeah, but you believe that. It just overrides everything. I mean, if this is a place of appearance, and you can't be convinced, you know, if you've been totally convinced by the appearances and that your basis of your life is by this, then if the appearances change dramatically, you should be able to read them. But you have not been convinced by the appearances. The mind is convincing by thinking about appearances, by giving meaning to appearances. Yeah, the appearances are just a, are just like little uh, props. It's giving meaning to things. It's having its own little subjective life here using your subjectivity in a sense, not yours, but it's riding on top of that, and it's just dispersing meaning everywhere. Yeah. Didn't you notice when people who really loved you and wanted to help you, you saw them as threats when you were out there using them, didn't you? And then the people that really didn't give a five flying shit about you, they were your big buds. Yeah, my peeps. <laughs> my friend says, yeah, my people. No, <laughs> they would have dropped you like a lead weight. <laughs> you know, you have to see what's going on. To me, it was nice to finally start seeing. Because if I didn't sense the presence, I'd probably be looking for, you know, I'd spend $500 tonight to do some shots and sleep with two lesbians or something. Mm -hmm. Easily. I'd be driven to. Something in me is impelled to be satisfied. I think it's actually a good quality. And then once it meets what it's looking for, the whole system chills out. Because there's no solution to dissatisfaction other than satisfaction. Really. But the mind will kind of keep you, you, its ideas of satisfaction will just incite the dissatisfaction. But there is true dissatisfaction from recognizing you're not that. You've, you are actually what you've truly been looking for your whole life just been misnamed. But you were really what you've been looking for. 
it's the presence of what you are in the absence of what you're not. That's the joy of being here. Everything that you get or acquire is forgotten soon. Experiences, you have tons of them. After a while, you don't even care about them anymore. If they were so important when you were, let's say, younger. Everything's, all all the colors of this place fade, yeah? But the presence, it's got a quality that doesn't come and go, doesn't amplify or decrease. It's just an ever-present. It's almost like this in a weird way, the sound of the eater, yeah? It's like a hum, a hum that sort of balances all the other discordant notes in your apparatus. It's just a constant hum. And then the other notes get aligned with it. And then a hum echoes through all the other notes, and your life seems to be worth living in a way. It's like some juice or energy, your presence, you feel it. It's vibrating. And you're able to be occupied by it instead of the mental realm. You know? Your interest and attention has been broken free. It's not your interest and attention. It's just the interest and attention coagulated here. And now it's, it gets distributed and spent in a different way. You know? And then it expresses itself in a form of traveling. And I call it traveling lighter. Yeah. If once this thing thinks it's the one that's traveling lighter, it starts traveling heavier. As soon as it tries to claim its absence, it starts heavy. And if you travel heavy long enough, you're going to seek fucking relief. And the mind's got tons of solutions to give you. Let's sleep with my best friend's wife, or this, or that, who knows. But you'll be driven. Your energy will be driven. So, that's that for today. Yeah. No questions. No.